Welcome to Shubi Chronicles, where we share stories of strength, hope, unyielding belief, and inspiration. Today, we have a remarkable woman joining us from Papua New Guinea. She has not only survived domestic violence, but has also become a source of inspiration for others. Let's dive into her incredible journey and learn how she emerged as a role model. Welcome to the show, Andiopa. We are honored to have you here. Could you start by sharing a bit about your background and what led you to embark on this incredible journey of resilience? Thank you so much, Shubi. Yes, my name is Andiopa Sabadi. I am 41, turning 41 in June. Woohoo! I am a single mom of four. I recently took on board my late sister's nine children. I also look after my widow mom. I trained as a journalist 20 years ago, but then I decided to go back to school and I recently graduated with a, a bachelor's degree in business and management. <clears throat> That's amazing. That, that is that is so amazing. And you just said you're raising 13 children as a single mother. And it's undoubtedly a monumental task. How do you manage to provide for them and ensure that they receive the love, care, and the education that they deserve? Thank you, Shubi. I, I have been blessed with a job. I work with the Central Bank of Papua New Guinea I work as a personal assistant to the deputy governor. That's the second highest office in the central bank. And to 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 have a good job like that, where they 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 do pay me well. I live in an institutional home, as in, I live in a home that belongs to the company. So there, I do I don't need to rent where I was renting before. But I get to live in in a company flat, and it's a two bedroom. I've got a roof over my head. And looking after children, in, we need to understand that they're, they're innocent children brought into this world not by choice. They were born into this world and they, they deserve to be loved and cared for. And for my sister and her husband, when they... Her husband passed a year before, in 2021. Then she passed away one year, nine months late, and they left behind nine children, beautiful children, six girls and three boys. <clears throat> No one else could take them on board. My other siblings couldn't. And I saw that because there was no one else to take them on board, they're my blood sister's children. And they're related to me. I can't leave them with people, other people to raise. I mean, my sister, she was my sister. She supported me in a lot of things. And when she passed on, I owe this to her, to take care of her children, to, to love them and do what I can for them. And because they lived in a settlement, in a, in, in a place where it was so no no order we get to run around not supervised they they don't eat well i couldn't see them living there without their parents i had to bring them out from that kind of lifestyle bring them to a home that i that i believe is stable because i I have a job i have a good home there's running water there's food to to eat and excuse me i can i can i can provide for them well, I had to prove to, well, I'm, I'm trying to legally adopt them. I had to prove to the welfare that I have a stable home, that I can afford to look after them. 
and with the help of my mom, look after them. It's it's a lot of work, but yeah, you know they're not going to stay young forever. Right now, all they they require is the love and support, and that you know they can make it if we can provide that for them. Yes. So I guess just knowing that I'm that they're young and they have a long way to go, providing that stability for them would be important, so that they know that they can get far in life because they've been shown love. Yeah. And attention. Yes. And so I, I had to quickly adapt. I have to bring them on board and let them know that they're loved and I'm their mommy now. Oh, that is the sweetest thing <clears throat> ever. And to prove that you can take care of children, what did you have to do? Because I, I, I've, raised, I've been raising my children on my own. Yes. Discipline for me is important. Yeah. There's a, they have a, a routine that they get used to that it's important for them to be clean all the time, have clean clothes to wear, eat meals, three meals a day, but then they need to be taught little things like keeping the place tidy, right. which they weren't really taught that back when they were living with their mom back in the settlement, bringing them out, telling them the importance of keeping the place tidy because there's a lot of us in the home that only have two bedrooms in the apartment, so getting them to be orderly, it starts with the little things, picking up, what they've thrown around, putting them in the right place, getting them to make sure they wash regularly, eat, wash their hands, just just being tidy, little things like that to help them to you know understand that you know you you will avoid getting sick if you ha- live in a clean environment. Yes. Wash your hands all yes. the time, wear clean clothes, and and so you, I mean. They're going to grow up and have their own lives, but they need to know that this is important, an important aspect of their lives when they're small growing up. How long have you been cared for, uh, caring for these children? Well, since October last year when their mother passed. Oh, my God. That's so it's this, this many months and it's, it's... They have been all living with you. Yes. <laughs> that is awesome. And how bad was COVID just in Papua New Guinea? Were you impacted? Um... Impacted in a sense where we, uh, they were, well, I, I'll say I've been blessed because I had a job. I wasn't yeah. displaced. Very good. I had a job that I could, I could go to and be earning a, a fortnightly wage, a yeah. stable yeah. income. Yep. Unlike for some of my, my, you know, some of the Papua New Guineans where they had to be laid off. Yeah. Especially with the private companies. Yes. They laid off a lot of people and so they were affected. Yeah. The government tried their best to try and help with, especially those who had savings at superannuation. Yeah. For them to gain access to their, their savings to yeah. help them yeah. during the time, but it was still a great challenge. But in Papua New Guinea, they have their gardens there. They can go and make garden and still survive on garden food. But especially for the ones that live in the city, that was quite hard. We, we, we have a system where we call the one talk system. It's like relatives, a system where we support one another. Yeah. If like if we come from one family and someone is is not working, we're still able to chip in to help them. So that for me was I, I guess it was I was able to be assisted by my sisters, but to a certain extent, not financially because they were not working. But in otherwise, I wasn't badly affected. I had a job to come home to, yeah. so it was it was okay. Yeah. Yeah, but again... And you say blessed, but I think that it's your story of resilience and the decision to going back to school to pursue a degree that <laughs> might have had something to do with, you know, the government also looking after you and you still having a job. So yes. 
I mean, going back to school to pursue a degree while juggling the responsibilities of motherhood must have presented its own set of challenges. Can you share some of the obstacles you faced during the period and how you overcame them? Yes, I well, to start off with, I well, in career-wise, I thought I I didn't complete my studies as Janine when I took up study as a journalist. Yes, a journalist. It's a degree course, but I only took up the, the diploma, two years diploma, because mm-hmm. my father had passed at the time. Oh. So I had to return, and there was no one working then. My sisters who were married, my older siblings were married, they were all dependent on their husbands, so there was no one to care for my mom. Then so I decided to complete just the diploma course and go work, and I thought maybe later on I can go back and take up study, but that wasn't the case. Children came along. <laughs> I started a family, young family, then things didn't work out. And then I worked for an organization, the organization that I'm working for now. I thought I joined as a PA, but then I wanted to do something much more than that. I, I, I still, I have it in me to become a manager one day. Yeah. And I didn't see myself being a PA all my life. Yeah. So I took up the challenge. Why yeah. not go back to school? Yeah. I mean, I have, I've, I've worked in um, assisted HR managers, worked in the human resources. I have experience in payroll, but I needed the paper. Yep. So I decided to go back to school, pay yep. my own way to school. Yep. I had to secretly go to school without oh my telling God. my colleagues because I was afraid that they would stop me from going to school. Oh, my God. So I had to pay my own fees, you know, yeah. borrow from my own savings just to pay for my fees. And I did that in, quietly. And I, yeah. just, I graduated uh, two months ago. Yeah. And now everybody knows that I've graduated with a bachelor's degree, my first degree after 20, oh. 20 years. Yeah. So it's a milestone for yes. me. Yes, yes. I go back after this and I'm, I'm going to apply, as a, for, apply for an analyst position. Yeah. And, and work my way up. Yeah. And it starts with that because yes. I, I see myself being a manager. Yeah. And if I'm able to, you know, climb the ladder, and, you know, in terms of career, it will also help me to, to end more than what I'm ending now, to help look after the children that I've taken on board Yeah. and, and buy that dream home. Absolutely, absolutely. And you talked about you paid for your own education. So do you receive any support from your ex-partner? Never. Any childcare? Wow. Never. He's never contributed towards their upkeep for this many years. I mean... My oldest is 27, the young, my youngest is 12. You can see, we'll be doing the calculation. Oh my gosh, you yeah. must have had your child really young. <laughs> it's no, a that's long all story. Right. That's all good. That's all good. And if you mind sharing, that's all right. If yeah, not, we're no, all no, about no, stories. No, that's fine. I mean, my oldest, 27-year-old, 20, yes. she's actually the eldest daughter of my late sister. So my sister had 10 kids. Oh my I took her on when I was still, well, I had just come out of university. I was working and she was my first dependent and my oh mom. Oh, my God. So I was looking after her even well before I had my own kids. Right. So, was so that's how the 27-year-old right. came into being. Okay. <laughs> and then you had your own kid? Kids? kids? Eight years later. Okay. When, what, how old were you when you had your first child? I was 22. And were you working at that time? Yes. Oh, very good. I was very working. good. And now you have other kids yes. that you're looking after. Yes. And that's, that's amazing. And you also mentioned about surviving domestic violence, which I think takes immense strength. Can you tell us about the turning point in your life when you decided to break free from that cycle and create a better future for yourself and your children? 
is when I talk about my experience today, it is with courage that yeah. I can speak about my ordeal because it was it's the I understand that there are a lot of women that well in PNG they were not able to survive that kind of a relationship because it was toxic. They succumbed to that violent setting and many lost their lives because it's either they were not given that support by their family or they just chose to give in. I chose to fight for my freedom because I know my worth. It was when I realized that, you know, I have a right to live. I have a right to be happy. I have a right to to ensure that I... My dreams, uh, I pursue my dreams. Everyone has dreams in life. I was not gonna allow one individual who chose to, 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 to be violent towards me to stop me from achieving my dreams. I mean, I loved him. That's why I chose to be with him. But when he decided to treat me like that and disrespect me, I said, I cannot continue to live in a relationship or be a part of a relationship like that if the person does not appreciate me for the person I am. It, it takes a lot of will and courage to know that once you know your worth, you got to stand up. And the fact that I had children, I couldn't allow these innocent children to be affected by my choices because I chose to be with someone who just never appreciated me. I needed to stand up for them. And that for me was the, the driving force for me. Mm. I'm not going to let them be affected by my choice because I choose to hold on to someone who just doesn't respect me. Mm. If I can respect myself, I have to show him that, no, you can't treat women like that. You have That's to respect right. them. That's right. And so I fought to leave that relationship. So even though I got beaten so many oh times, I almost lost my life. And I didn't oh. know the worst beating of all was when I was expecting my daughter. She oh was, my God. I didn't know she, I was expecting. He beat me up. He started beating me up like around seven, if I can recall, 12 years ago, sorry, 13 years ago. He started beating me up at around seven, in, 7 p.m. In, in the night until early hours of the morning. Oh, my God. One, two. Continuously. He was, he, he was whipping me with his, uh, he was, he, these huge cords. Oh, my God. The skin at the back of my thighs had, you know, peeled off my back, my arms. I was just guarding my face the whole time. And I was bleeding from all of that beating. But oh I just, my in my God. heart, praying that I would live to see my sons. At the time, they had been taken away by their grandma. And oh that was all I could say. God, help me live to live my son, live to see my sons. And so, you know, I, I just endured that. Oh, my God. After that, you know, and plus, it, this went on when, I mean, he started being, being abusive. It was like the third year into our relationship. The, the, the kids had been, so I had been living, living this life for almost, well, I met him in 2001. We moved in around 2002 because... Um, Sorry, not 2002, 2003. Right. I had my son in 2004. Right. So the, the, the beating, so the violence began in, in 2004. So 2005, 6, 7, 8, 9, oh 10. By almost six years, I endured that. And I said six years was, is enough. I cannot continue. To, otherwise, I would have lost my life if I stayed on in that abusive relationship because it was 
was awful. Every day being beaten up for something you were, you mean, for no reason. I have to justify why I have not answered my call, the phone call when I was busy at work. And you were the me. only financial, like yes. you were the working person, yes. partner, in, yes. and he wasn't contributing anything no. financially to no. the family. No. You were the provider of the family. That's right. And you're getting beaten. Yes. Oh. I guess, uh, well, I was, he was okay, but then I, I found out that he was hanging around with the wrong group of people where he began to, you know, take an alcohol, which he... Oh, God, yes. And then he, I, he was taking drugs. So it's, yeah. I believe all of this you know, impacted him, drugs yes. especially. Yeah. It just drove him to do things that I never imagined him doing. He became a monster I never knew. Yeah. He was a beautiful person, but yes. he just made very wrong choices. That's right. And it affected his, you know, he he was, like I said, a, a beautiful person. He yes. He had values, but yeah. he lost them all. Right. Just like that. Because he, he took on board, I mean... A lifestyle that he was, he was introduced to a very, very bad lifestyle. Yeah. And he would beat you up when you were pregnant, you said. Yes, I was expecting my... And he knew that you were pregnant? My stomach was already bulging. He, would, oh my. he saw that already. Oh so I was about seven months, seven months pregnant, going eight, when he beat me up over Facebook. Oh my God. That, and yes, I've sustained, you know, um, cuts to my hand, almost lost all my... My fingers on my right side yes. when he swung the bush knife yeah. at my face. Oh my god! I was trying to defend myself, so I got the last finger yes. almost came off. Thank God the the bush knife wasn't that that sharp, but yeah. I had sustained injuries. He kicked my knee, I my ligament. Oh God! Yeah, I sustained a broken nose. I've had you know my head beaten with a with a PVC pipe. Oh my. Huge, heavy chairs thrown at me, broken on my head. <sighs> yes, I, I just... So it's like I was emotionally abused, mentally, physically, and sexually abused by the man whom I, who was supposed to protect me. That's right. And he abused you in front of your children? Yes. Oh, God. So when was it when you said enough is enough and you decided to move on? When, when did you make the decision? In 2011, 12 years ago. Right. I was about to give birth to my daughter. Yes. I left him. That was it. I said, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to carry on. And when I found out that I was expecting a girl, yeah. this was going to be my, biolog my biological one and only daughter. Yeah. I said, no, I'm not going to let her see that. Right. I'm not going to let her experience that. Right. She deserves to be raised in a home that is stable and free from violence. And you wanted to teach her yes. how women should be treated. Yes. That's why I chose to leave. It was a hard decision because I'm going to be taking care of these children uh, away from their father. But That's I mean, right. I mean, I, I couldn't let them. Yeah. And even for my sons, too, I, can't, I couldn't let them continue to see violence and think that it's it's a normal thing that it's, that's right. it's normal to hit a woman when it's not that's right i didn't want them to see that that's and think that it's it's meant to be a normal practice when it's not i had to bring them away from that setting so i i desire for them to grow up and understand that they need to respect women accord them that respect and there's a way to solve problems not with violence not with the feast yeah i would raising them telling them hitting a woman doesn't make you a man that's right it doesn't if you adore me that's how you respect women 
you do the same. Yeah. And that's that's when I left. Yeah. And I've never looked back since. It's yeah. 12 years. And has he tried to come back to your life? He tried. Then I said, no. I'm never going to take you back in. I'm not going to endure that. You've not shown any any signs of changing. So I'm not going to be deceived anymore. That's right. And how is your daughter? How old is is your daughter? She's 12 years old now. Oh, wow. <laughs> she's, I like to call her, she's a, a mini chef in the home. Oh, wow. She cooks. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. And she's very independent. I, mean, I wonder where she got that from. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously me. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she must adore you. She does. She's very sensitive. She right. She always wants me to be happy. Of course. Anytime she upsets me, she always quickly comes to apologize. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, Mom. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Mm. And I'm teaching her that, you know, you, you have a right to speak up for your right. And I'm teaching them in the home. Anytime they get into disputes or misunderstandings, mm-hmm. arguing over things, I, 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 I want to hear both sides. I need them right. to understand that you, you need to hear them out yeah. and not just pass judgments because someone decided to come and tell you. I need to hear it from them, what actually happened. Teaching them to tell the truth, yep. not tell lies, be responsible yes. and accountable for their actions. Yep. If they've done something wrong, admit. And they're small. They're not going to get it right the first time around, but... It's, it's everyday, daily teaching them good values. So That's they right. they become better individuals when they grow up. Yeah. Instilling in them good values that yeah. will take them through to life. That's right. And honesty is, honesty is very important. And, and love. Yeah. How can I teach them love if I myself don't know what love is? That's right. Learning to love yourself. That's appreciate right. Appreciate you for you. And love them. I'm sure they know that you love them. (laughs) I'm sure your sons and daughters would know. Daughter. Yes. Is she the only daughter in your, like in the 13 children, like amongst the... She would be... Your only daughter. Your biologically, your only daughter. Yes, yes, My biological daughter. Yes. Yes. And do you take, have you got any other uh, female children, little girls that you... No. Okay. Apart from, well, with my sister's children, yeah. she's got about, she's got six, seven children. Yeah, okay. Seven, sorry, nine. Nine. Actually, ten, because I adopted her eldest one. Yeah. So, in total, she's got about seven daughters and... Oh, wow. Three sons. So, adding on to mine, got eight girls and... The girls are outnumbering that's the boys. Right. <laughs> eight girls and five boys. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. And the children, kids are going to school? Yes, they Very are going good. to school. Do they love it? They are loving it because they weren't attending school. They were quite very unstable with school because their parents would, they were, you know, on and off, go to school, get taken out because they probably didn't have enough in the fees not being paid, school fees not paid. Now the fees are being paid. They're going to school. Mm. They're getting a second chance and, you know, well, every child needs a chance to be given the opportunity to be educated. No one should have to, to oppress them or suppress them in any way. Just because you don't have the means. I mean, the government is trying to provide, well, free education. So they get to go to school. Yeah. And so utilizing this, go to school, I'll pay for your uniforms, making sure that you have all the resources you have to go to school. And they are going to school. They are going to school. That is very good. I have to say your story serves as a beacon of hope for other women who have endured domestic violence. What advice would you give to those who are still trapped in abusive relationships and find it difficult to break free? I believe in every country you have laws there. 
you have the law yeah. there. You can go and seek advice, counseling, go for counseling. And, and you know, you, you can't, you don't need to continue to stay in an abusive relationship if you're not happy, and especially if you have children. Mm. Okay, to those who have children, understand that you have innocent children. Mm. They don't deserve to be, you know, witnessing this violence in the home. They deserve to, to experience love and, and kindness and warmth. Not when, you know, in an environment like that. You need to, when, when you bring children into this world, you've got to be responsible for them. They're innocent and you shouldn't have to allow them to, to experience what it is that you're experiencing. You need to get out of that relationship. It's not healthy for you. You won't be able to care for your, your children or give them the love and support they need when you're abused like that. You are not happy. At the end of the day, you're not happy. The only way you can be able to provide them a, a, a stable home, a home that's full of love, is you get away from that toxic relationship. It's toxic. If the person does not respect you and he continues to hit you, and you, then he's, he's telling you that you're not worth anything. Just because you don't have to justify. You, are, you deserve to be happy and you shouldn't be abused like that. You have laws, use that. Yeah. Go, seek help, and get the professionals to guide you in the process, to get away from this relationship. I know you love the person, but he has to respect you. If you can get him to, to go through counseling with you, yeah. if it works, then he changes, good. Try out that option because, of course, you, need, you have your children, then they need a, a fatherly figure, but then you have to go through the process. He has to be told that it's not right to hit a woman, that women need to be respected. Mm -hmm. You've given birth to his children. Yeah. He needs to love you and accord you that respect because yes. you bore him children. Yes. And the children need to see that both parents can get along. Of course, you'll have your differences, but doesn't always have to resort to violence. That's right. There's ways to resolve problems. But if he's going to continue to be physical with you, it's not worth it. If you go for counseling and that doesn't work, then you know the relationship has to come to an end. You can do it. You can, you can raise your children without him. If you have a family, if, you've, if you have a mother, you've got siblings, I'm sure they can, they, they, they can provide you that support. But if in the event that they refuse to help you because of the choices you've made, because you chose to marry this man, and they, they, they think that that's on you, you have to sort it out yourself, then fine. You have other women out there, friends, support friends, that can help you to get through this. And it's not easy, mind you. It's not something that works overnight. You have to be determined to make a change mm. and change for the better so yes. that you are happy. Yeah. And it takes important steps. First of all, you are, you are highly favored and valued. That's right. You are special. You are one of a kind. Yeah. There is none like you. That's right. When you begin to appreciate you as that person, to start with, that's it. That, that's enough fuel to get you going. But you need to believe that you are worth living for, living worth pursuing your dreams, that nobody else should have to come and kill your dreams because they don't, they don't, they don't feel the same way as you. You are entitled to dream, and you can make your dreams come true. But if you are not going to be appreciated and you're going to be abused like that, no. I have to tell you the truth, it's not worth pursuing that kind of a relationship. Now to those who don't have children and you are with a man who continues to, to be abusive, you don't need him. 
you are appreciated, you are highly valued, you're smart, you're intelligent, you can do something for yourself, but you don't need a man who's going to treat you like that because you don't deserve to be abused. That's you deserve true. all happiness and you deserve to, again, pursue your dreams. That's right. So but you, you talked about counselling. Yes. Is it couples counselling? Yes, I believe in every country. Yeah. You can, I mean, back in Papua New Guinea, yeah, yeah. we can get counselling. Yeah. But if the man that refuses to be counselled, then, I mean, you, you have to pursue this. He can't continue to oppress you. You've got the law there. You have to go and see the welfare. Or right. So I just wanted to know more yeah. about what are the laws in yes, Papua New Guinea. I mean, in Papua New Guinea, we've got the courts, the system there. Courts, yeah. you go to court and say this, you uh, report him. Yeah. He's been to go to the police. Yeah. Get a restraining order. Yeah. Apply for a restraining order. Yeah. If it helps for a start. To restrain him from from being physical on you. Yeah. You you can apply for a restraining order. If he breaches that restraining yeah. order, you have to apply for an interim protection order, an IPO. Right. right. And so the IPO will de- depend on how long. It's either for a year or depends. Right. So you obviously you still have to go through the court system, but this in PNG there, you know, it's big now. They've created the, the the law has been already passed that men who hit women they will be jailed, but you must go to the police and report them. Right. Before That's... it wasn't like that before. It was difficult. Yes. It was in my time. Yep. I mean, it wasn't you know they they had um the homes or institutions that would would say say no to violence. Go to this institution, this organization, and they will help you start the process. You have to write a statement and get the police involved. But now it's a law. It's passed. You report him to the police. They get him arrested, lock him up. Then you follow the court proceedings. So there's, there's organizations that are there to help. Yeah. And this is where the women need to understand their rights. Did you receive any support from any organizations in your personal quest to... Oh, in my time when that happened, like, I went to the courts. It was, uh, you know, I, I tried to get the police involved, but because he comes from a, um, you know, a family where well, he had established context, they thought that he was able to manipulate them and make it look like somehow I was oh, the troublemaker. Right. So I, they couldn't really help me, but I still went to the courts. Yeah. I applied for an interim protection order. Yeah. I got it, but he, he actually uh, breached that. Can you breach that order? If when you, you're not allowed to. It's yeah. an order given to you. And if you breach that, you have to go to the police. The police need to lock him up. Yeah. But I didn't. I, I decided to just play reverse psychology. Right. I wasn't afraid of him. Right. I was going to tell him, tell him when he would call me up and begin to threaten me. I said, no, come. Like, we'll, we'll see who's the strongest. Wow. I'm going to stand up to you. We'll see who's going to be standing. I will fight you until my last breath. Right. I couldn't do that before, but I had to do something now. So I started playing reverse psychology. He's not going to affect me anymore. I'm not going even though I was actually afraid, I was going to now stand up and say, no, you're not going to hit me anymore. There's people out there who are going to support me and I'm not going to hide away. So when I began to do that, I said, oh, okay, she's, she's standing up to me now. So standing up to him now made him think that, okay, now she, she, knows, she knows now that she can get support. I've always, it was always there, but I just succumbed. I was always afraid, intimidated. Right. Mm. Talking to you and Yopa, have you considered, just as this is a thought that I had, being a psychologist, and this is how you can engage with other women, because I think you'll be great at it. You'll be a great psychologist. You have it in you. You talked about reverse psychology and how do you face a bully. That was a great example, because when a bully bullies you, you are meant to appear very small. You're curled up in a fetal position, 
and then they beat you. But what happens when you reverse that role and you bully the bully? You described it beautifully. Have you thought of taking the role as a psychologist, maybe, to give back or engage with other women in the community? I think they would find that valuable. I've, I've actually I've already started, you know, talking to women who I just, you know, meet at, 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 a, at a sporting event. Right. Or a family gathering or right. just, just getting in a... At a, getting getting together at a social event. Right. I've already started talking about it. They start asking, Gee, how are you able to, That's you know, right. I mean, face him mm. after all the abuse. I said, mm. I just told him, I'm not going to be treated like that anymore. I'm not afraid of you. You won't have to do that anymore. I have the law there on my side. And you will be taken to court. You will face the law. Mm. I began to tell him the truth now. I said, I'm not afraid of you. What, right. No matter what you do, I'm not going to be intimidated by you anymore. Right. So what was there? You know, he, he realized that he couldn't bully me anymore. Right. He couldn't threaten me anymore. That's right. Because I was standing up to him and giving him the facts. The laws are there. I'm going to use them to, my, to the fullest and use them to my advantage because it's there for me. So they, they, that was it. I just told him, no, I couldn't do that before. I said, I have to start somewhere. It was scary in the beginning because I was like, oh, I was actually afraid, shaking, but this is me telling him. I could hear my words, hear them. I would say, I was telling him, no, you want to fight me? Come, I'm going to fight you. I'm not going to stand there and let you beat me up. The people are going to be watching. Come and fight me out here in the public if you like humiliating me in front of people. Come, let's see who will come to, to my aid. You know, I was standing up to him now. I was doing things that I couldn't do it do before. So he, this was new to him. It took it, yeah. it was took it took him by surprise. Yeah, yeah. Wow, where did she get this from? Yeah. So you influenced now by your family that you can stand up to me. I said, yeah, yeah. You're not gonna make me make me small anymore. Make yes. me feel small anymore. This is it. I know who I am. I know who I am. Mm-hmm. I deserve the to best. Be, yes, I deserve the best, and That's you're not true. going to, you know, step on me like. I don't deserve anything good in my life. No, I'm a human being, and I deserve to be treated as a human being, That's not true. an animal. That's right. And well, for our listeners, you can't see Andiopa, can, but you can feel the confidence that is emanating from her. We can all connect with that confident personality. So might be you appear more for our show and in other networking events where I think a talk by you would be an inspiration and you'd be able to inspire other women to face bullies, if not domestic violence, but women face bullies at workplace and they would feel such an inspiration on how to face bullies and how to, you know, be aware of your worth. Yes. That is, that is really amazing. And I would say your journey is a testament of, to the power of resilience and determination. Can you share a specific moment or accomplishment that made you realize the impact you are having on the lives of others and the importance of being a role model? Thank you, Shobi. I guess for me, going out to pursue studies for me, you know, I... I, I've had I've been always wanting to go back to school take mm. up study but you know with the kids coming into the picture having to you know raise them on my own it was it was a challenge but then I I said no I don't have to it, I mean, it took me 20 years oh. it took me 20 years so, you know you never stop you never stop dreaming yeah you have to pursue as long as you have breath in you you have to pursue it it's not the end of the road for you. You're not in hospital fighting for your life. You're actually 
physically okay. You're aware. You 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 then to know that you are okay. You are breathing. You can walk. You're mobile. You have to pursue these things. You can't wait and say, "Oh yeah, you know, it takes little steps." And I took those little steps. I had to do that in order to get it off the ground because I've been wanting to do this. I said, "No, I'm gonna take that course. I'm gonna take the step by applying." Once I apply, I get accepted. That's it, and that was it. I attempted twice. The first time I, I attempted to apply for this course was in in two thousand and um nineteen twenty nineteen, but I didn't I didn't get accepted. Then I I tried again twenty yeah. twenty. My name appeared in the papers the next year twenty twenty one, so I was selected. I was selected to take up this course, and that excited me. I didn't give up. I still applied for that, even though I didn't get accepted the first time round. But I still, I there's still hope for me. Yeah. And so I pursued that. I wasn't gonna allow my circumstances to dictate. I was going to go out there and keep pursuing, keep being persistent, and I'm glad I did. So I got got accepted, and I took, start took up the course. I had to use whatever resources I had, my savings, to pay for my fees, apply. Against my savings to pay for my fees, I couldn't depend on anyone. I wanted this so badly, and the fact that I was, I was accepted. This was my opportunity. I couldn't let this opportunity pass me by, and so I pursued, and the sleepless nights <laughs> finally paid off when I, my name appeared to graduate. It was such an emotional moment for me. I said, I've always wanted to do this. Mind you, it didn't take two, three, two, twenty years. That's a long time, but it didn't stop dreaming. It didn't stop me from pursuing what I wanted to, and I've I finally here mm. with a bachelor's degree. <laughs> Congratulations on that! <laughs> so you said education, and what I understand from our chat, education played a pivotal role in your journey. Yes. How do you believe education can empower women to break free from the cycle of violence and transform their lives? Do you think it has a role, and how would you? Tell other women to pursue a degree or education. Talk about that. Yes, it, it education is is something where not. I guess it depends on where you are living in, but education is powerful. It's your power when you can upskill yourself and gain new knowledge about. Say, example, I took up public policy that in business management, public policy, learning system of government. This is new knowledge that I wasn't aware of. But to be, to be, to take on this new knowledge, I know I can be utilized in an area of public policy, how to write policies, how it works in government. So that for me, knowing that I have gained this new knowledge, it's it's heightened my understanding about certain mat subject matters, and I can make more informed decisions now that I have this new knowledge. Now, when women are educated, they understand that they have rights. Do you know your rights? How much information do you know in order to make informed, well-informed decisions? It's based on what you understand, what you've gained, and knowledge is power. When you are not informed, you don't have enough information about certain things like women who, you know, who are going through domestic violence. Do you do you understand that you have a right, that you you you're not supposed to be abused like that? You you're supposed to you're you're part of a community. You're you're meant to be loved and respected. Do you know that that's your right? Do you know that there are laws in place? If you didn't, go get information. Go get that knowledge. What is it that you can do to help yourself? You're not helpless. 
you have systems in place that are already established there for you to benefit from. But then because you don't have enough knowledge to make that informed decision, that's what happens to our women. So when you can go and get get a get um get a degree or pursue that 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 that, that course you've been wanting to take board, you've just upskilled yourself with new knowledge. You can use that to benefit you in the long run. But when when you don't have that education, how can you how do you expect to to support yourself when you don't have that information on hand? Decisions are based on what you know. If you're not you're not equipped with information that can help you to break free from that cycle, you obviously will stay in the same place. Yeah. But when you are equipped and you have this knowledge, no, actually, there is a law in place. I can use this. I can go seek counseling. If this doesn't work, this this is another avenue. You have to go and make that happen for yourself. You need to reach out to people. There are people there that can help you. And they will help you if you will help yourself. You can't stay trapped in the closed door and say, oh, I was this. No, at the end of the day, you decide to either succumb to your situation or triumph over it. There are people that have been helped. And I am one of them too that have, was helped by the system. But I chose to go a lot further than that. I wanted to pursue this. This is my happiness that you're talking about. Do you want to be happy or do you... Do you want to continue to stay in that kind of environment? I guess, I guess it's up to you as the individual. Mm. Do you want to be free to break away from this, 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 this cycle of being mistreated and abused? You, you, you want to be free from all of this, but you have to make the decision to come away from it. Stop it all together. Stop accepting the lies, being abused and you're not worth it. No, you're worth it. You're worthy. You're worthy of love. You're worthy to be cared for. So I guess it's important that you, you, you pursue this. Education is important. It's your power. That's Education right. is power. That's where you gain your respect, not from being physical. That's right. Knowledge. When you can go and be, be paid for your knowledge, for your skill, it's, it, it's, 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 a, it's, it's, it's beauty. Yeah. It is incredible. It, it is. And so he will begin to realize, that, oh, wow, she's a smart woman. She's she she can she's getting paid for her skills. Yeah, she doesn't need me. That's right. And how's the education opportunities for women in Papua New Guinea? Well, we we in Papua New Guinea, they 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 want more in order to encourage more women or girls to girls, get educated. Yeah. This they they started with the free education. Okay. They're encouraging people to you know educate their children. Girls especially need to go to school. Um, it's no longer the old setting where girls were seen as uh, homemakers. You right. remain at home, the boys get to go to school. Now, no. Equal opportunities provided for the girls. Selections into, into higher education, um, a lot, not as strict as the selection for, for the males right. into institutions. They, they're, they're, they've made it possible for more females to get into higher institutions, colleges. We are seeing more and more women pursuing you know, studies in, in fields where, where we're dominated by male. We have females now taking on engineering jobs. Yeah. Say, um, electricity. Yeah, electrical um, engineering. Yes. Wow. We have women pursuing yeah, like, uh, uh, mining engineering. Oh, well. Pilots. Right. We've got females becoming pilots now mm. when that was not acceptable or should I say um, women were never seen as taking yeah. up roles like that but now it is it's 
more and more women are being educated and it's showing in, in every year we can see them coming out the women are being promoted in, in jobs and organizations as CEOs right. as um, managing directors it, and it's this is a very important change that is taking place in a society that's deeply entrenched in our cultures where males are, are meant to, to take lead in everything so they are the ones that get educated they, they get the top spot now it's about equality we're still trying to drum it into the oldies that listen it's not that not your time before now women can go get an education for themselves women can pursue their studies right. if they want to but we're trying to encourage the women come go to school if you didn't make it to an institution there's avenues there to upskill upgrade your marks we've got distance education get them they passed out in year eight or year six or year 10 or year 12 you can still pursue take on other courses right. they're providing that right. so it's there it's and there, there are them. employment opportunities as well for women it's a challenge at the moment because they i mean employment opportunities are not quite scarce because it depends on especially in the private sector we need more people starting their own businesses okay instead of working for government or you know but private sector private companies they actually contribute much to you know employment but there's still it's still a it's still a struggle statistics show according to research there's there's a huge 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 need for you know employment employment opportunities are uh, are not not enough Mm. we're seeing people women graduate from universities Mm. but to get it to get a job is a challenge right and now it's like who you know Mm. if you know someone who Who's, who has connections that they right. can get you in. Mm. What about those that don't have connections? Right. So it's, it's, it's a lot of work that needs to be done. Yeah. And um, what I can say, and I, I'll be very pointed and honest about it, I think education and financial stability gives m- women power. Yes. And with more women being educated, and well, um, every country has room for improvement. Papua New Guinea being a developing country, do you see any change in the stats, in domestic violence stats specifically, over the last, say, five years? Have you seen any decline or how would you, how would you say that anything has changed at all? Or let's say 10 years, give it more time. I, I guess for me, um, data collection in PNGs is, we, we need to improve in that area. I won't, we won't have enough to say that this is, it will, it will depend on how much data they've collected over time from yeah. welfare, um, right. from institutions that, 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 that have that, that mm. data on them. It's, it's outdated, mm. not enough information. But uh, from, from what I hear, like women whom I've come across who've, who've been in very violent relationships are now doing better for themselves. Very good. They've moved away. They've left their abusive partner. They're doing import, doing things for themselves. So they're now in, in, in another relationship that is better than the last one. So I guess just, just from meeting women who've been in, in, in past very abusive relationships doing well for them tells me that, that we're, doing, we're, we're, getting, we're getting places. There's one or two couple that are coming out and they're influencing others to make you know, better decisions getting women to be more aware of, listen, this is not acceptable. You don't need to stay in that relationship. I guess having more women support groups, yeah? Go, uh, church groups, um, yeah. youth groups, yeah. sporting, sporting yeah, groups, yeah, yeah. 
you know, getting involved in that. We we're now using sporting events in particular because I play netball. I, That's I, right. I, I play volleyball. We we want. I want to use those sporting events to reach out to women who may be having difficulties. I mean, we want to get to know them more. It's through the sporting events we get to know them more and help them, encourage them. So, if I understand correctly, you are in Canes. You were in Canes. <laughs> yes, I yesterday, was. Yesterday, <laughs> and you were there for. The, um, I was there for the Great Barrier Reef Masters Games. That's right, and you and played netball. Yes, I played netball, um, thirty plus category. That's right. But you look 18 to me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> she is beautiful for our listeners. She is amazing. She's gorgeous. So tell me about your love for netball and how that led you to a journey across Canes to Canes. <laughs> well, I started playing when I was about six years old, mm. coming from a sporting background where my mom, or my parents were, were you know, my, my father was a basketballer, so was my mom, but my mom also played softball. And she played netball as well. So I would go to the sporting arena, watch her play. Then I got into the sport. I mean, I had to play the sport because it was already there. My siblings were also playing netball. So I had to play netball too. But I guess I'm, my love for the sport, I just love playing netball. I play all the, all, all the positions. I'm an all-rounder. But, you know, and, and I guess I was really good at netball until, well, of course, I... I was in a relationship, abusive relationship, and I kinda, he kicked my knee, but that didn't stop me. I wear a knee guard and I still play netball and I love the sport. I'm, I'm f- gonna be turning 41, I still play netball. I have to exercise to be fit, to play netball, to be selected in those, in the team to represent PNG. You were so selected. I was selected. <laughs> and how did your team perform? We came seven out of 12 teams. That's incredible. That's very good. <laughs> it was a good experience. Cause I mean, I've, I've traveled for the masters. I mean, I took part in the masters, but my first masters appearance was in um, 20, 2013. Right. 10 years ago in Cairns. And I, the so next... was it the first time you ever traveled to Australia or was it? Uh, no, the first time I traveled to Australia was in 2003. Right. That wasn't related to sports. No, it wasn't related to sports. Okay. We'll come to that later. Yes. First, let's talk about <laughs> netball because that's fascinating. And how were you back then? Oh, well, netball, because I was really good in netball and I was uh, um, very, very, very skilled in netball because I was trained by the best. She's, she's um, in P&G's Hall of Fame, my mom's older sister. She's contributed immensely to sports and being looked after and I lived with her to be educated. She was so, she was the driving force with, you know, behind my sporting career. I mean, I would have had a career in sports, but then I chose to be, to go to school. And so, cause you know, in, in P&G, they don't play, pay you well to, to be part of a sporting code. Mm. And, and like, you know, it's unlike rugby, maybe they pay them. Yes, I, they do. But in Nepal, no, you, you have to raise the funds. You have to do your own fundraising or maybe you get sponsorship from an organization to participate in um in, in games around the world. So I, I, I actually had to raise funds in order to, to go and participate in this competition. So I had to raise funds to come to Cairns. Yeah. And did but, your um, organization help you at all? Um, they did what they could. Yeah. But then again, it's like we, because we love the sport and we want to, it's part of our networking, we wanted to come. And so we, we did fundraising to come and, and participate because we have fees that we need to pay to participate in such a competition. So, I mean, you see, there it is, women coming together. That's right. Sharing that passion that they have for sports, netball in particular. So <laughs> and, and you made a trip to Brisbane just to see me. How cool is that? <laughs> you, I needed to. Oh my God, that is fascinating. Antiope made a trip 
for one day for one day but in brisbane she flew from canes to brisbane just to see me and there's a fascinating twist or addition to the story tomorrow there is a charity run event happening um it's actually happening tonight as we speak it's called darkness to daylight it's a charity uh fundraising fundraiser to provide uh support to the victims of domestic violence in australia and it happens every year so it starts at dusk till dawn sort of a run the stats is every year on an average 110 lives in australia are lost due to domestic violence so the idea is to match 110k as a group so organizations can register mm. to participate in a fun run but what you do is you add up the distance and you raise funds mm. so we have been raising funds and i think andyopa has agreed to run with us which would be <laughs> awesome to have a champion join us tomorrow in the run and you'll be championing how to survive domestic violence how to be a survivor yes. and not a victim mm-hmm. i want to remove the tag of women being victim yes. rather than women being champions i want to see that change and that would be incredible to have you running with yes. us tomorrow and as we say have you run how do you feel about that you have to get up very early in the morning and you have a flight back home i'd love that it's for a worthy cause yes you're a survivor i'm a survivor yes and to those who survived domestic violence the run is important yeah. the run symbolizes that you're not going to give up yeah. you will keep running the race because you're in a you're, you're on a journey as long as you're alive you're on a journey mm. and whatever it is that you're you know pursuing it's it's worth it's worth going through journeying through and not giving up so the run is we we have a starting point then we're going to end there's an end point yeah. there so it's about your life's journey it's not the end of the world yet just because you started off wrong doesn't mean you can't pursue you can pick up from the pieces and start running because it's worth it your life is worth you're worth living what a beautiful analogy and while you're in brisbane how do you, how you, how are you finding brisbane and when you said you were in australia in 2003 tell us about that it was that your first <laughs> international travel yes it was okay. i actually was sent by my my company to qut oh wow to take up website authoring i was going to be responsible for updating the company's website right so i came down for a two week course oh. and so i came down and i was expecting my son Oh my god, you pregnant at the time. I was pregnant at the time. Okay. When I came, so I think I was um, a month one one month pregnant with him when I came to Brisbane. So it was it was an interesting um a trip because I was you know a new mom. I mean yet to be I was expecting my first pregnancy and I was like walking past this restaurant smelling garlic and I wanted to throw up you know becoming a first time mom. <laughs> But it was good. I was um a I, it was a start of a a journey my journey coming to australia taking up a course that would would be the start to many good things to happen and i'm glad i i came to brisbane that many years ago yeah to make a difference yes that's right very good and do you see any difference between the brisbane then and the brisbane now buildings new buildings <laughs> yeah. a lot of buildings have a lot of buildings yeah now walking through streets I, i i i'm not that i'm going to get lost the street signs are there but there are a lot of buildings <laughs> yeah. that there's been a lot of change in that from there to now so it's a like, development definitely yes. there's a lot of development yes and the people they're still lovely of course i mean 
you see how like, when you ask someone to assist you because you you have you you're looking for a place, yeah. they'll stop and they'll assist you. They're not gonna ignore you. That's right. I haven't experienced anyone ignore me or just look at me with distaste. No, <laughs> no, no. Australians, they're good people. Yeah, they're good very people. good. Very good. And when was the so you came to Brisbane other times as well? After that, how many times have you been to Australia after that? Yes, I um then I came to Brisbane in two thousand and nineteen. Okay. When my um. My boss, my late boss, my the deputy governor at the time was um, hospitalized here in Brisbane, so I had to come down in twenty nineteen. I was here in um in April in May, then I came back in in June after he, when he passed. He passed here in Brisbane, so I had to come back to repatriate him his body back to Papua New Guinea. Then after that, I came back in August or in July. I was just transiting through to Singapore to take up a course. Oh wow! <laughs> Another course sponsored by my company. So Very good. I passed through Brisbane again. So I I traveled. Twenty nineteen was a year where I was just passing through Brisbane like it was catching bus to another suburb. <laughs> <laughs> a year twenty nineteen, and then well, COVID came, and no travels, and then this year. Yeah. I start my travel by I came to Brisbane in April. Yep. For the Toastmasters. Yep. Um, yep. District conference, conference yes. yes, and Andiopa is also a Toastmaster, and she participated at the district conference for humorous speech contest, and she's quite <laughs> the funny bones. She has got funny bones, and she's a performer. If I can say, I loved your speech, Andiopa. I might be racist or biased. I would say I wouldn't say racist. I'll be. I'll say biased, but I like you. So, but I really liked your speech. So, well done on that. Thank and you after so that, much. you are back in back. You you came to Keynes. Was it last week? Yes. Okay. Last week Wednesday for the netball, uh, Masters games, and yeah, I'm here in Brisbane. There you go. One so, night. Yeah, <laughs> but you're here with me. That's awesome. And you have you travelled into any other city in Australia apart from Cairns and Brisbane? Uh, no, but I I do hope to see other parts of Australia. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Townsville. Oh, Adelaide, Melbourne. Yeah. I love to see this other I love places. how you say Townsville. People don't usually usually say people Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide, but I love how you put Queensland. Very, very important, yes, right? Yes. Queensland Queenslander. Is, yeah. Maroons. Go yeah. to Maroons. Oh, wow. There you go. There's passion. Very, very good. And do you, have you traveled to any other countries? Singapore. Yep. I've traveled to Singapore. Um, yeah. It's a very interesting place. It's like mini USA. They're quite interesting because... How long were you there for? I was there for a week. Okay. For your course? Yes, yeah. for my course, an intensive course. <laughs> I took up an um, advanced certificate for the, for the executive PA. Right. And so I actually scored very high. I was a... You're a smart woman. <laughs> thank you. I was awarded um, merit because I scored... I, I think I scored the highest in that course and so it's like imagine that course taking up that course and going back home and this is what i get to report to my organization it was worth it i've come back scored high in this course so um it was uh, money wasted yeah very good uh, utilized and yeah with that certificate i can i can get a job every anywhere in the world very very good very good and you can travel so with your travel experiences also do you think they have made you more confident yes Yes, um, I guess it, it, to be exposed to another culture, another place, uh, to another country where the, the lifestyle is quite different, it does 
you know, make you think that, you know, you're comparing life back at home and knowing that you actually can, can, can make a living where you move, you can move choosing to where you want to be and whether it suits you. It, it's important for the exposure. It helps you to think outside of the box. I mean, you can tell the difference between people who've traveled to other countries and people who have not. Yes. It, you can tell from the way they converse about certain subject matters. It just tells you that, oh, okay, she's never been outside of her country, so she won't understand, never seen. Like, I don't have to watch a movie to, or watch movies or watch Australia from, from my, my home. I can yeah. actually come to Australia. That's right. It, I can afford to come. Yes. I can come. And if I can't afford now, I can save up and come to Australia. You can afford to go for a holiday if you set your mind to saving up as much as you can and you can get a job with your executive PA degree yes. get that certificate yes there you go yes. you can get a job here yes <laughs> I, I do want to get a job in Australia yep I look forward to that yep. again little steps yes yep absolutely and uh, I would like to ask you a question if through your travels you've met different women we'll focus around women for our discussion tonight uh, who across the world, let's say wherever countries, but you've met women from different cultures, right? So lastly, if I can ask, what message do you have for women around the world who have experienced or are currently experiencing domestic violence? And what would you like to say to them to give them hope for a brighter future? You as an individual need to know I was saying it earlier and I will say it again. You need to know your worth. You need to know that you are worthy of love. You are worthy of being cared for and you you are entitled to pursue your dreams. You're not supposed to be pushed into a little corner and treated like an abuse like that. No one should have to go through that. No one. Every human being has a right. We have laws already there. So if you're in a country where you think that, oh, it's, it's, it's part of our culture, I mean, that, that's how it's always been. No, it's not. It's not, it's not now. It's now in the open. You're not, you're not allowed to abuse women like that, even for males as well. You, you don't have to abuse anyone, any human being. You, you are worthy of respect. You need to be respected. And so what you can do for yourself is first know that you know you are you you have a worth you're living on this earth for a reason you have a purpose you have a purpose in life and you need to pursue your purpose if you don't know what your purpose is you need to find your purpose i believe you're in circles around family members who've probably hinted to you that you've got a you've got a gift you've, you can do this you you've got a talent you can utilize this so that others can can be blessed or can benefit from your gift, what you're doing, whether it's weaving, whether it's um, pottery, whether it's cooking, you are skilled at something. You've learned something over time. You can utilize that to, to, to make, make a difference in your life. I mean, I'm not saying you, you've been, everyone's destined to become a politician, no. In your own little setting, you're meant to be a blessing to someone, especially when you have kids. Your kids are gonna grow up, they need to have a model. You as the mother, You've, you've held them, they were in your womb for this many years, nine, I mean, this many months, nine months. You carried them in your womb. You, 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 you went through the pain of delivery. Now it's your turn to show them that you have a chance at life. You're going to show them and be that role model for them. 
you don't have to continue to stay in that kind of you know relationship when you have children and so come out of that please don't stay up there stay locked up in your closet because you are being with someone who is abusive please reach out to the professionals who can help you in your country if you have to you know start with a sister open up to someone near you open up to another work colleague if you're working open up to another if you're part of a, a, a social group open up don't just don't stay there and think that nobody wants to help you with your situation because everybody's yes it's true everyone has their own lives to live but you can get help so it starts with you opening up how will they know that you are experiencing violence at home when you're not opening up and nobody knows about what's happening to you it's okay to open up to somebody else but then again when you're opening up to that person you got to know that that person can help you mm. if they can't you have to find someone that can help you yes you have to yes. look out for for ads that they're putting up again you know for women who are experiencing this domestic violence or see where it is that you can go and seek help it's out there you have everything there you have accessibility to information unless you're in a in a country where you, you don't you can't i mean watch the news or you can't see the newspapers or you know get help right make that important step of getting help from someone who who can provide you that assistance that's right do that for yourself do that help yourself if you want help you got to help yourself it has to start with you as the individual it's very very true and rightly said so it would be incredible to have you running with us tomorrow and the purpose it's actually for a good cause and it resonates so well imagine having an advocate for women's rights running the race with us would be an honor mm-hmm. for me and for the organization i think it's an honor do you have any message for me before we end this interview <laughs> oh shubhi um you want you you you're passionate about what you want to do helping women come out of that cycle of being you know being abused violated and the fact that you are trying to help women it's 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 exciting you know and I'm I'm happy for you and you need to do this you are going to be um remembered for this you've served your purpose and the fact that you're starting this this is a journey to greater things and I believe that you will impact this you you are going to be one of those women who's going to impact this world advocating for women to 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 just come out of their shells fight this this thing domestic being in a domestic relationship and the fact that you're already doing it pursue it i mean you you're, you're going to get all the support thank yeah. you so much and i hope you come on to more shows with <laughs> us and thank you for sharing your incredible story with us today andiopa your resilience determination and the ability to overcome immense challenges are truly awe inspiring and i hope to run with you tomorrow and let's do it for a good cause yes let's do this thank you very much <laughs>